It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday hump day edition of Locked On Pals, and we get to talk about actual training camp, meaningful practices, and we are going to do just that. We're going to dive in on Lonzo Ball and the retooled shot that he showed off yesterday. We're going to look at Zion Williamson playing the four, naturally, the five a little bit, But also the three, and we'll uh, parse some of the comments that he and others said after practice. And then in the third segment, we're going to take a look at a bit of a break the Pelicans are getting when it comes to their early part of the schedule. Maybe missing some big names once we found out a little bit more about some injury news from media days from other teams throughout this past week. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So practice is closed to the media, or at least the non-Pelicans media, throughout training camp, but there's media availability after the fact. And sometimes you see players lingering around, working a little bit more, just not going through the team-oriented drills and structure that they have, but shooting, working with various coaches, and you can kind of glean a little bit of insight into some of that. And then sometimes the Pelicans just put something out there on Twitter and Instagram for everyone to see, and it gives you even more insight. And that's what they did with Lonzo Ball. You You saw him shooting three at the end of practice and not making everyone like you might expect in a practice video where someone goes like six of six from deep. But the biggest thing about him wasn't the fact that he's making shots or missing shots. We've known that he can make three pointers going back to college and high school. He was good at that. But his shot has been a little funky. But at the end of the day, yeah, if your shot you know, goes in, 
then it's a good shot. But his form hadn't been great. The release hadn't been great. There'd been a lot of issues with it. We saw over the summer, and I talked about it here, he had a little, one of those little practice clips on Instagram and social media of him making a bunch of threes. But you saw some of the same issues that have been plaguing him when it comes to that jumper of his. And it's mainly his elbow. His right elbow flares out a little bit too much. And then he crosses his body with the shot. It kind of goes to his left shoulder almost, causing his forearm to cover his eyes and his face. And I don't know how he sees the basket and maintains eyes on the basket when that's the case. And that's kind of been the issue. I tweeted out a picture of it yesterday. And you can see it's just awful looking. And his shot wasn't going in. You know, through last season with the Los Angeles Lakers, this is a dude who shot, I've got it here, 40.6% from the field and 33% from deep. 33% okay, but it's not good. 40% from the field is awful. The year before that, his rookie year, he shot 36% from the field and 30.5% from deep. Both of those are freaking terrible. And he's not a good free throw shooter eater shooter. Ah, sorry, free throw shooter either. There we go. I can do this. Shooting sub 50% for his entire career. Sub 42% last year. It's bad. But the form he showed at Pelicans practice, after Pelicans practice yesterday, was good. Dare I say very good. The release was very quick and clean. It looks like he'd be able to get that off in a game. That's never really been the issue. It wasn't really the timing or anything like that. But it's his arm kind of crossed his body, went over from his from the right side to the left. He was able to kind of then, you know, uh, cover his eyes up. But now he got rid of that. That elbow that flared out was tucked in a little bit more. His shot came from straight on or at least on the right side so he wasn't covering his face, able to maintain his eyes on the basket. And it looked good. It looked like a proper NBA shot. And I think that's a big thing. This has to give you hope that he's really been working on this over the summer and is maybe going to be able to carry some of this over to games. It's tough to retool a shot and sometimes takes years to get consistent with it. So don't expect him to kind of light it up. And he wasn't shooting particularly great in practice from what we saw. Missing a number of attempts. But you know what? 4 of 10 is 40% from deep. It's pretty good by NBA standards. No one's shooting 50%. Getting just close to 40 would be a real big thing for him, and it opens his game so much if he's able to consistently hit jumpers and stretch the defense out a little bit. And I think this would do wonders for him as a player. It sucks someone out of the lane, and if he can get around them, it's one less body he needs to worry about fouling him and going to the free throw line, which is really where I think his issues stem from, as I've said repeatedly on this podcast. The lack of aggression is not there. He drives less per game than each one more because I think he's scared to. He doesn't want to go to the line because he misses free throws. The three-point form's good. I'm going to be curious to see about his free throw shooting, at least in practice. Is that significantly better? But this means all of that's being worked on. And if you can carry those mechanics over to a game, you should see a slight uptick at the very least in his success rate from deep. That's big for the Pelicans. They don't really have a ton of court spacers outside of a guy like J.J. Redick. Each one more can do it on occasion, but I wouldn't say he's been the most consistent with it, and the volume hasn't really been there with him. Drew Holiday shot poorly from three the past two years by his standards. He even said he needs to get better about that. Nicolo Melli is a little bit unknown when it comes to this roster and what his role is going to do. Brandon Ingram doesn't really take threes. That's not there. Josh Hart had a down year, though I think that had to do with injuries. So they really need Lonzo Ball to step up, particularly with the deep shot, to really help this offense, 
particularly in the half court, which we'll dive into at some point because you don't play all of the time in transition. Though Zion did say a message after practice, during practice, was go, push it, run. You grab a defensive board, get out, get moving, and we'll figure it out in transition on how to score. So maybe they'll play more so than other teams or than they have in the past, but it's still not the majority of your offense. So half court is still going to be very important with this team. I wonder if an aspect that's helping Lonzo Ball with the shot, with the mechanics, is the fact that he's healthy right now. He hasn't really been healthy in a very, very long time. He was injured his rookie year. He was injured last year. And when you're trying to get these mechanics down and do things very repetitively over and over and over again, you want your body to be fine because if you're overcompensating somewhere in there, it's going to lead to bad mechanics. When you do get healthy, you're still going to replicate those bad mechanics. So Lonzo Ball being healthy, I think, is a very important aspect of everything. And I'm be curious to see how he looks in preseason because he has a chance to be a very big difference maker for this Pelicans team this year. So we'll get to Zion and the variety of positions he might be playing for the Pelicans this upcoming year. Before we get to that, I want to mention the open practice again this Saturday for your New Orleans Pelicans, October 5th, 6 p.m. Tickets are free and available online. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're expecting a very big turnout for this. And if you are not able to go but want to watch it online, I believe it's going to be streaming on all of their platforms. They have a Twitch channel that they just launched as well. And I might have some more news soon regarding the open practice that you guys might kind of have a lot of fun with. So stay tuned for that. And then before we get to the next segment, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the number one in men's below the belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code locked on at manscaped.com this is jake from locked on locked on has teamed up with state farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in nba history after beating the heat led by lebron james and Dwayne wade in 2011 dirk nowitzki won an nba title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support dirk all the way to a championship jj barea Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So Zion spoke to the media after his first official practice as a member of the Pelicans, his first NBA practice, and he was pretty excited about that kind of living the dream. You know, he said at one point he never really thought he would actually be in the NBA, though he had dreamt about it and just couldn't believe it that this is all happening and that this is his life now. And it comes off so damn genuine. He is so likable because of all of this. And we can get into all that, but we know the case with him when it comes to all of that. The more intriguing thing is what he mentioned about lineups and how he's being used when asked the, you know what kind of impact can he bring to this team what can he do he said he's not really sure yet because they haven't figured out all of the lineups with everything you know he said four is his natural position he's going to be playing power forward more often than not but said he could be used as a three in a 
like super big lineup, I guess, at that point in time. And, you know, when you think about it, it's kind of wild that you could kind of put him there. He officially measured, I think, at six, seven and three quarters. They're making sure that every player gets measured without shoes and you get an official height on all of them. And that's the one that Zion's got listed at. And so he does kind of have this height and size to be a three, though you look at him and the way he plays and four is clearly the natural position. But could he play the three? And you look at him and you go, yeah, his handles are really good. We saw this guy drive from the three-point line and attack the basket a whole lot. You know, he can be the ball handler in certain pick-and-roll situations. We all pretty much believe that. Maybe not at an elite level right off the bat. But the handles are pretty tight and they're there. And you see no reason why he couldn't be driving on guys above the three-point line. He's great in transition. We can see him when he gets a full head of steam. It makes a lot of sense. And given that, you know, you've got uh, Darius Miller now out for the year. You have Brandon Ingram there. You have Kenrich Williams. That's kind of really it on the wing. Josh Hart, too, I guess. You could maybe use a couple more minutes there from a guy like him but is it the best use of his skill set and I'm going to probably say no because this is a guy who does not have a three-point shot so if you park him out there on the perimeter playing the fault the small forward spot teams are just going to sag off him they're going to dare him to shoot and he's not a guy that I want right now ripping a ton of threes per game if he takes one per game fine with it sometimes two cool is he gonna have a game where he probably takes five sure But you don't want that to become the norm because we know how good he is down low when you get him the ball. And I think that's one of the bigger things. Him on cuts, him as the role man. That's a better use of his talents. And you've got to wonder that if he gets the ball on the perimeter, teams are just going to back off. So, yes, he does have the handles to drive. But he can, can he do that going into three different guys when no one's kind of respecting the perimeter game that he had? That jumper, that three-point shot in the summer league action that we saw from him looked bad there's no other way to put it it is very flat which probably had something to do with him just being tired and the lack of conditioning and all of that and it was very slow developing like it got blocked you don't want that or he airballed when I forget exactly what it was he's gonna have trouble getting that off he's gonna have trouble making it it's just gonna be a very easy to defend situation which is not what you want to put him in and I wonder how often you'll see him in that line at the small forward spot but certainly you will see him there at some point when it comes to everything JJ Reddick talked about you could use him at the five saying this is a pretty deep and versatile team so maybe you run a super small lineup and throw Zion there I do believe he can be a small ball five in this league, just kind of watching the way he plays and the things he's capable of doing. And just the fact that he has the bulk and uh, the strength to really hang down low if need be. And his leaping ability kind of makes up for any maybe height, uh, height disadvantage that he might have. Plus, his arms are pretty long and his wingspan's very good, too. But you've got to be careful about those lines because if you do that, you've got to put a ton of shooting around him. And as we mentioned in the last segment, I don't know if the Pelicans are quite there yet. But you'll probably see times when he's a small ball five, probably few and far between. But I think the Pelicans want to try it out. And in general, the reason you're hearing him potentially play the three, the four and the five is not just the positional versatility that this roster has, though it's there. Drew Holiday can guard one through three, one through four, really. You've had games where Lonzo Ball's guarded all five positions. You've had games where Josh Hart has guarded all five positions, sometimes seven footers, he said, and he's fine. He can do that, which means you might not be at a huge disadvantage if you run that kind of super small lineup. But the reason you're seeing him in all of these different positions is this dude is so unique. 
we don't know what works and what doesn't work with him in the NBA. And to find that out, you've got to experiment. You've got to try different things. Yeah, throw him at the three. See if that works. No? Cool. Let's go back to the four. Now let's try him at the five with a guy like Nicolo Melli at the four next to him in a stretch big. Does that open things up or is that just not enough and the rebounding is bad at that point? You've got to test out all of this stuff. Which means you're probably going to have weird rotations and weird lineups and things that don't make a ton of sense to start the year as the Pelicans kind of try and figure it out. They've got five preseason games, but those are preseason games and I don't know how much there really is to be learned from all of that. So you've got to do it in actual games that matter. And that's going to be at the beginning of the year. Because you don't want to do it later in the year should you be winning and then kind of kill your chances. You've got to figure it out on the fly and that's what the Pelicans are going to be doing. So expect to see Zion at the three. Expect to see him at the five. But mainly expect to see him at the four. So despite a pretty tough schedule, the Pelicans have some Good luck on their side when it comes to start the year. We'll take a look at that in the coming segment here. Before we get to that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. It is literally wherever you might want to listen to a podcast. It is on there. Just search Locked on Pelicans. Subscribe to it. Leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free five days a week for you all. You're excited about the season. I'm excited about the season. Make sure you're tuning in all year long to find out everything you want to know. If you want to know a little bit more, too. Don't forget that open practice on Saturday. Stream it online if you're not going to be there. You might, well, we'll we'll save that for another day. But yeah, stream it online if you're not going to be there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So the Pelicans are getting some good luck when it comes to their early season part of the schedule, or I guess before the All-Star break part of the schedule. And they've got a rough schedule this year. The West is loaded. You've got a lot of games against some very good teams. So any break you get, you know what? You just got to be very happy about. So with media days for other teams being this past weekend and week, we learned a little bit more about some of the more prominent names that are going to be out to start the year. And we can start with Paul George of the now Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, after the trade, the stunning trade this offseason, he's had two shoulder surgeries this offseason. And they said he's not going to be ready to start the year. And he's targeting a November return. Well, the Pelicans play the Clippers four times this year. Four tough games right there. Two of them happen to be in November. The first one being on November 14th and then November 24th. The next two games don't come until uh, January and March. So he'll be back for those. But he may miss one of those two November games, maybe the one on November 14th. But if he's back, and likely for that whole month... This is a guy who's not going to be getting a full allotment of minutes and is likely still working his way back from injury. That might be two games the Pelicans are able to steal or are a little bit more competitive than they would be otherwise. The Clippers are a title favorite. So kind of a break. You don't want anyone to be injured or root for injuries or anything like that. So it kind of sucks that he's not going to be healthy to start the year. But you don't have control over that. You've just got to kind of take what you can get and... Not such a bad thing. 
The other news has to do with Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors suffering that pretty awful injury in the playoffs. They've said he's not coming back till the All-Star break at the very least. So the Pelicans play the Golden State Warriors uh, four times this coming year, and all of three of them are before the All-Star break. On October 28th, oh my God, that's this month, November 17th, and December 20th. Klay Thompson's not going to be there for any of those three. The time they play after the All-Star break, the All-Star break is February 16th. They might have one of the first games. I didn't take a quick look there. It's uh, February 23rd is the game. If he's back after the All-Star game, he may be in that, but they're not going to give him a full allotment of minutes whatsoever. He's likely not going to be the same level of player as he first works his way back from injury that he would be if he was fully healthy. This is a huge break for the Pelicans in a brutal schedule that they're just catching two of the better teams in the Western Conference while they've already got some injuries going on. Again, you don't root for this, but if these situations come up, you're not going to complain about it, but should give you a little bit of hope for the Pelicans making the playoffs despite the tough-looking schedule that, yeah, there's some breaks in there with the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Clippers. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Again, open practice Saturday. More podcasts the rest of the week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.